All right, well, uh, I know you wanted to watch that intro video, so I couldn't skip that. So we are starting our new series today, Relation Flip. Why is it that relationships are so quick to go sour? They go sour quicker than milk sitting out in your kitchen, right? That something goes wrong, a word is spoken, something is misinterpreted, and all of a sudden there's tension, there's drama, there's problems. Why are relationships seem to be so fragile? They're so important, they're essential to everything that we do, but we all realize and know that relationships can be so difficult, right? So frustrating even sometimes. Uh, you think everything's going well, and then you do something wrong with the dishes, and then it all goes south, and everything is a problem. Um, so we, over the next several weeks, are going to be talking about kind of flipping some of those things around. I think a great way to start that conversation is with the foundational thing that I think makes every makes or breaks every relationship and that is what we're talking about right now what we're doing is our communication our language that many times it's the toxic talk that just makes everything go south you know i um i remember that there was a time in Christianity where it seemed as though, I don't know where this is, this is kind of an old school thing, but there was a time in Christianity where it seemed as though if you were polite and you didn't say any swear words, you were like doing pretty good. I had a concept as a kid that like, that's what it meant to be a Christian. When I was young, it was like, it was like, uh, you know, Christians use nice language and they're polite, and that's what it was. At some point in time in our culture, we decided that isn't a big deal. That's not like a high virtue. And we kind of flipped that all around. To be perfectly honest with you, I always thought it was a little odd sometimes. I remember I had some friends that were from the South. Anybody from the South? Okay, these are the people I'm going to offend right now. Okay. Um, but I remember my friends from the South would come over, and we'd be hanging out, and we'd be doing things, and they'd go up to my, my parents, and they'd say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. I'm like, what are you talking about? What is this? I, this was never a part of my language uh, as a kid. I just didn't grow up in that type of environment. But I was like, it seemed to me, even as a kid, I was like, that seems like just a little phony, a little Eddie Haskell-ish, any, if anybody knows that reference. That's an old school reference right there. But a little bit like kind of brown nosing, kind of sucking up to the parents. And I thought it was a little unauthentic. And so, you know, I thought, you know, maybe even as I got into my teen years, you know, sometimes these words, people with these niceties and the, trying to be polite, that is a little overblown. And that's kind of what my mindset was a little bit as a teenager. I didn't like the yes sir, no sir. I thought it was a little fake. And so our culture has also done that. But our culture has done it to such an extreme that we've decided all of it is completely out the window. 
that it doesn't matter how you speak to people, you can say the most awful, horrible things, and it doesn't matter. That's not really an important virtue anymore. And I just was stunned the other day where I just, I, I had come back from uh, school and I just had multiple encounters with kids who were at this school campus where it was just the language was awful and disrespectful and just like insane for young kids. And I was like hearing things. It's like, this shouldn't be said. And, and I came home and was talking to my kids. I'm like, you guys hear a lot of, a lot of bad language all the time, don't you? And they're like, yeah. Yeah, we do. I'm like, how's that, how's that make you feel? What do you think about that? And they're like, uh, just, you know, try to ignore it or whatever. And I'm like, you know, you know, that's, it's not cool. And I just told my kids, I was like, it's not good. I want you to understand, kids, that is not good. Don't get sucked into that world. Because really what it is, and I had this parenting moment, and it was, it was, half preaching moment, half parenting moment. We're just in that second. I was like, you know what that's like, kids? It's like these people are just walking around all over and just bleh, vomiting garbage all over the place. Just throwing garbage everywhere they go. Just littering, trashing everything. No, everywhere they go, and that's what it is. And they just leave this trail of garbage all around them as they speak like that. Don't do it. Don't do it, kids. You wouldn't throw trash on the ground because that's bad for the earth. Don't do this. This is worse. It's toxic. My kids are like, all right, whatever, old man. Um, but uh, they didn't say yes, sir. Um, maybe, they, maybe, they, maybe we should get more into that. But, um, but that is our world now. We, maybe there was a point in time where we were a little too polite and inauthentic. Maybe that is true. But now we're in an era where we're spewing garbage everywhere. And it's, it's toxic. And it's a problem. Our words really matter. And it's at the foundation of all of our relationships. It really is. And so I want to I read a passage of scripture in the book of Luke, Luke chapter 6, 43 through 45. It says this, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruits. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Again, the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And that's a truth that is scary but profound. That the things within us eventually find our way out, don't they? You don't typically yell or complain when you're just like in a calm, relaxed atmosphere. It's telling of your mood, right? 
Sometimes I'm like, you know, I'll get excited and like I already told you, start preaching at my kids or my family and I'll get a little excited. My wife's like, are you, you're, you sound a little angry. Like, I'm passionate right now. But that is, and I like to justify my anger. It's just saying, it's called passion. Get some of it. No, but um, <laughs> the reality is our mood is so reflected in our tone of voice, isn't it? Our mood is reflected in our words. What's going on inside, and even those just like, even those, those instant moments, but overall in our life is reflected by our words. And so we have to ask ourselves, what is it within my heart? What is it that are the prevailing things that are coming out consistently over and over? How am I speaking on a regular basis? Because it's a reflection of what's going on inside. Well, today what I want to do is I want to talk about the toxic talk. Those toxic things, and we could probably make a longer list, but I want to talk about kind of the four horsemen of the apocalypse in relationships. The big ones that like are toxic and will destroy and will harm and will just ruin the relationships around you if, you, if it's a regular part of your life. Those four things are gossip, slander, falsehood, negativity. And the scripture speaks to all of them. So we're going to look at kind of these four big ones in regards to how we speak. The first one, gossip, in Proverbs eleven thirteen, 13, it says that gossip betrays a confidence. But a trustworthy person keeps a secret. Really, the question around that is trustworthiness. How we speak demonstrates whether we can be trusted by those around us who are, you know, maybe just friends or acquaintances, but also those who are really close to us. Every time what we talk about and who we talk about builds this level of trust, are we somebody that can be counted on? You know, I've encountered people multiple times in my life that it seemed like almost every conversation I was having with them, it was about somebody else. Hey, did you hear what was going on? Did you hear about this? Did you hear about... And, and I remember like a couple of times being around people like this that all of a sudden I would hear something about myself that was like, I'm like, that's completely untrue. I'm like, I don't know what everybody's talking about. Like, I don't know what drama is going on. But the reality is, is that there is this temptation. There is this, there is this something inside us sometimes to just kind of speak ill about other people, to just kind of talk about other people, to deal with other people in ways that is not right straightforward, direct with them. If you are regularly encountering somebody that is talking about other people with you, they are talking about you with other people. You understand that? You understand that? And you better be careful what you say. And you know, this is something that is kind of subtle, but it's something that we have to be aware of and we have to, at points in time in the conversation, like, like just kind of put up a block, put up a pause. 
There are points in time where you're having a conversation and it's fine. And, you know, of course we talk about other people in some regard, but there's some subtle way where it just churns. And it's like, all of a sudden, if your radar starts to like pop up and say, man, I don't know if we should be having this conversation without this person here. Put a pause on it. Put a time out on it. If somebody is like even regularly like criticizing somebody else, here's something that you should like maybe have chambered at some point in time in the conversation. You say, you know, maybe you should talk to them about that. Maybe you should go and, and, and like talk directly to them about that. And like some points in time, it turns into even somebody else going down that territory. And then all of a sudden you might find yourself, you're right in the middle of it. It's really an immature way to communicate. It's an immature, a sign of immature relationships that you don't directly deal with somebody face to face. Instead, you deal with them by proxy. When you're in third grade and you want to ask out a girl, you send your friend over to, to like stake it out, right? At some point, you kind of got to move past that, right? At some point, you got to like face up and have your own conversation. I remember there was a point in time in my life uh, where my older sister uh, was shy. She is not like that anymore. But there was a season of time where we called her shy girl. She did not like to talk to strangers, particularly adults. And I remember one time, like, there was like a ball that got kicked over into somebody's yard. And we were told, hey, go knock on their door and say, hey, can we go, you know, go and get the ball? That's what we were told. And my sister would go like this. She'd kind of be like, Tyler go do it. And she would like stand back and like, I would knock on the door and I'd turn around and there'd be like, be nobody there. She'd be like hiding behind the bushes. She would make me go and like do all of her dirty work for her. Sometimes what we do, unintentionally maybe even, is we're, we're like, we're, we're, we're not living our own life or we're not dealing with our own conflicts or anything. We're doing it by proxy. And that's unfortunate. And it's really immature. And what gossip does is it just destroys the peace. So ask yourself, is this conversation, is this something that is, is bringing peace to this like conflict or relationship? Or is it something that is sowing discord or disunity? And sometimes that can be hard to discern, but the scripture tells us, don't do that. Don't ruin the trust of others because you're speaking about uh, other people. This happens, you know, I, I try to be really specific about this. Sometimes maybe, um, uh, sometimes I maybe I, I fall into the trap of others. But one thing I try to regularly do is if somebody doesn't give me permission to like share that with other people, I try not to do it. I try to default to the category of I'm not going to share other people's stuff unless I, I really know. There's been multiple times in, in this church, it's maybe happened to some of you, where people go over and they ask my wife, they're like, uh, start up a conversation with her. And she's like, 
I don't know what you're talking about. And the reality is they came and talked to me about something and they assumed I shared it with her. I really don't. And it's not because I don't trust my wife. It's because I, I try my very best unless there, you know, unless there's really specific information that needs to be shared. I try my best not to share other people's stuff and keep it, keep it between me and other people. Try not to do that. Maybe that's just poor communication on my part with my wife. Probably a little of both, but um, I try not to do that. And I think that that's a good default and I think you will build trust in others. The second one is slander and they're kind of similar. In Leviticus 19.16, it says this, do not go about spreading slander among your people. Do not do anything that endangers your neighbor's life. I am the Lord. Do not, that, you know, uh, there's the phrase, do not speak ill about the dead. Why do they have to be dead? Be, you know, how about don't speak ill of anyone? How about that? Okay? Please, I don't, I don't want to have to die in order to not be trashed by you behind my back, okay? But, like, really, why, why would we do that? Why do we live in a world where it just seems as though uh, it's commonplace to just to burn everybody? You know the term? Okay, are we hip? Are we cool? All right. Uh, to, to burn each other. To, like, to like we think in some regard... Like, like fighting somebody, a battle of words, it is insane sometimes. What adults do on Facebook and Twitter. You know what? That should have been one of the four of the apocalypse, right? Social media, right? I mean, what in the world? What in the world are we doing? Why do, why do we think, and this is, this is something that I don't understand... Why do we think we should have personal opinions about celebrities and politicians, about them personally, people that we've never even met? Why, why is that like a compulsion of ours, that we feel like we have to have an opinion about every single person? Why? But that's the world we live in, right? You know, fourth graders gossip and slander. That's what, that's what fourth graders do, right? They, 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 they like talk about, you know, they, they, they talk about other people. They run over to adults and say, do you can, guess what they said to me? And they guess what they did. At some time, we got to grow up, right? We got to move past that. And really, if we're falling into these categories of gossip and slander, it's a clear sign that we haven't, fully developed conflict resolution. We haven't figured out how to resolve conflict. There is always going to be conflict in your relationships. Always. There's always going to be disagreements. There's always going to be differences. There's always going to be slights, real or perceived. There's always going to be these things. And how adults and grown-ups should deal with them is go and talk to somebody about it. If there is a, you know, first of all, if it's something small and it's something like you feel like, I, 
man, I don't really want to go to that person and bring it up. It seems so petty. If that's what your feeling is, then move on, right? If it's too petty to be able to work up the courage to go and talk to that person personally, then move on and let it go. We all make mistakes. We've all put our foot in our mouth. We've all said things that we didn't necessarily mean. We've all been misinterpreted. Don't misinterpret others. Give people the benefit of the doubt and move on. If it's something that you can't get past and you can't move on, then here's what you do. Don't gossip. Don't slander. Go and talk to that person. Go and talk about it. Whether it's your spouse, whether it's your child, whether it's a friend, whether it's your boss. Just go, and here's, here's the advice I'd give you if you're approaching something like this, where you have to go and like do something that is difficult, deal with like a conflict or some kind of thing, is, is I give you two little small pieces of advice. Is I'd say, number one, try to be calm, all right? Try to be calm, and you may be emotional, and you may have a lot of feelings, and you may like, that, that may be difficult to do, but if you know you're gonna go into a situation where you have to deal with the conflict and talk through a conflict with someone, psych yourself up to calm down and not elevate the situation by like unnecessary like emotion or feeling behind it, okay? Just calmly, and then the second part of it is just tell the direct truth, okay? Don't add details. Don't add extra feelings that other people may not perceive. Just calmly communicate the truth. So if I'm having a conflict with somebody or if I felt offended by somebody, just calmly go to them and say, you know, the other day when you said that, it kind of hurt my feelings. And you know, maybe that was me being sensitive. Maybe that was me like misperceiving it. But I just want you to know that it hurt my feelings and this is kind of how I was feeling and I don't want anything to be, get between us. So I wanted to talk to you about that in a calm, kind of truthful, direct way. Not a emotional, like attacking and manipulative, untrue way. Just a calm, true way. When that is approached, you know, it's pretty amazing. If you wanna impress your boss sometime, you know, instead of uh, like letting things build up over and over and then at some point in time working up the courage to run in and like tell them off, right? Do Change it completely and just calm yourself down and go in and say, you know what, I don't think this was fair and this is why. And I understand maybe that there's some things that I don't understand about this situation. Help me understand this. And directly and calmly lay out just the, the, just the pure truth of the matter and the truth of what you're saying. And that is a way to handle conflict in a profound way instead of the other ways that just create problems and ruin relationships. You know, in our, um, if you've been on the internet or watched the news recently, you see all these kids going around eating uh, Tide Pods, right? Anybody tried a Tide Pod lately? Okay, they're out there eating Tide Pods. And I saw this past week, there was some politicians that decided they were gonna bring legislation 
to uh, make sure that Tide Pods were not so bright and brilliant, so they looked like candy, so that this would prevent people from ingesting this toxic liquid, okay? How stupid have we become, okay? All right, then we have to make legislation around this. But you know what? There's kids that are eating toxic Tide Pads, and the whole world is looking at that and saying, that's the stupidest thing I've ever seen, right? Gossip and slander are toxic, okay? Gossip and slander are toxic. And the reality is, if this is a regular part of your life, you are sowing and you are creating more toxic things than eating a stinking Tide Pod, okay? So it would be better, this is my opinion, uh, don't go to the doctors, kids, close your ears, but it would be better for you to go and chew down a Tide Pod than to be going out and gossiping and slandering all the time. That would be better for your health, okay? This is immaturity. This is an immature way to handle relationships with gossip and slander. We need to be able to uh, have healthy ways to deal with it, not toxic ways that harm other people. The third one is falsehood. Ephesians 4.25 says this, Therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth, each one of you, with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. There's falsehood that comes in many different forms. Some of it is blatant, but some of it is subtle. There's falsehood that comes in the form of manipulation, justification, or just outright lies. But maybe sometimes it's, it's us manipulating, hiding, coaxing, massaging the truth to make it fit, make it seem, make it paint us into the right light. That is always a, a great way to, to build your relationship, right? To like point out every area where you did the right thing and every area where everyone else did the wrong thing. Isn't that a wonderful way to talk to one another? Why do we do this? Why do we do this? And really, what it is, it is a general falsehood. It's a falsehood. It's believing or speaking something that doesn't fully and directly deal with the truth. Whenever we don't have a full handle on the truth, there's so many side effects, so many other consequences when we don't have a full and real grip on the truth. Let me tell you this. If you don't have a full grip on the truth about God, there's going to be so many different problems in your life. If you believe a falsehood about God, or maybe even about yourself as a result of that, you're going to have so many problems. If you don't believe that God loves you, if you don't believe that God has your best interest in mind, if you don't believe that God is ultimately in control, if you believe any of these falsehoods, it is just completely defeating. 
It just takes your legs out from underneath you and then like just, just fills you up with all of this uneasiness. Listen, you need to make sure that you personally are somebody that believes and speaks the truth. That's why it's so important when we gather together that we sing the truth. You know we do that, right? We sing songs that are talking about who God is. We're singing songs that reframes and, and, and sets like our mind in the place where we are realizing this is what is true about this world. This is what is true about God. This is what tr is true about me. And it helps us like be able to get to a place where we can move forward. Anytime there is falsehood in our life, it just it creates all kinds of domino effects of problems. If you believe something that is untrue about your spouse, that's a problem. Right? If you believe something that is untrue about you, that's a problem. And even if it's a subtle thing, if it's a manipulation of the facts, if it's a justification of your actions, like, hey, not a big deal. Not that big of a deal that I did that, or I think that, or I act that way. Not that big of a deal. If you justify yourself, that's a falsehood that will ruin and erode your relationship with others and your relationship with your creator. The truth is the answer. The truth will set you free. Be fanatical about the truth. Be fanatical about it. Okay? My, um, I'm going to get in trouble here. I, at least I do have permission to share a story because I did not, um, I did not pass this with you and I don't want to gossip or slander. Uh, my wife is here in the room. Um, okay. Maybe I need a sidebar for a moment. Isn't that how you do it in court, Bryce? Uh, a little sidebar. Okay. Well, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to practice what I preach. I'm going to default towards not sharing this wonderful story. <sighs> this is really difficult, but um, that just, I want everybody to just take a moment. Just imagine how great this story is. And actually, it 100% paints my wife in a wonderful light because she is a fanatical person about truth. Look, everybody look at my wife right now and just, just look and see... <laughs> Just uh, make up your own story about her right now and just think about her being ridiculously honest, okay? And that's it. I'll, I'll, I'll get permission to share the story and I'll tell you, I'll tell you next week, okay? Um, no, but be fanatical about the truth. Um, my wife and my son are the two people like in my life that are like unbelievable about... They tell the plain truth. If something even was misinterpreted, they will set the record straight. And I'm like, wow, that's the type of people we should all aspire to be. People of truth. Okay? Not hiding anything. Not trying to uh, uh, misspeak uh, mis about anything. Not trying to manipulate, justify, 
or just outright lie about anything. Speak the truth, have no falsehood in your life. I, I, I'm really tongue-tied right now because I just want to tell this story so bad. Um, number four, negativity. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says this, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything give thanks. Oh, boy. How challenging is that? Right? How difficult and challenging is that? And what in the world is the Bible expecting of us here? Are you kidding me? In everything, give thanks. I, I, I find this almost to be one of those things that is like almost hard to comprehend that, that idea or that concept, right? It's still, but directly says, this is God's will for us. This is what God would like us to be about and to pursue. To give thanks. You know, I was trying to just think about this and try to incorporate how this affects my life. Just the, the giving thanks as opposed to giving criticism, negativity, all of these different things. How does it change? You see, your words really shape your thoughts. How you talk about things changes everything. It just changes how you perceive it, how you like comprehend it, how you even remember things, your memory. How, how you speak about that changes your thoughts. Your thoughts really shape your actions and the person you're becoming, your perception of yourself, your perception of others, things you're thinking about regularly, your actions really set the course for your life, right? The things that you do, the things that you put your hand to, the things that you put your effort, time, and energy towards, that shapes your life. So if you follow this line of thinking and if you buy my premise, negative words over time produce all these negative thoughts, negative actions, and it really leads to a negative life really does. It really leads to a negative life. Give thanks. Give thanks for your spouse. Okay? Give thanks. May that be the overwhelming sentiment and feeling that you express all the time. May that overwhelm any of the negative thoughts that you have. May your overwhelming emotion and feeling towards your significant other, your kids, the people really close to you, be that of gratitude. Really. That God, thank you for what you've given me, the gift that you've given me. Focus on those things that drew you together. Focus on those things that are such positives. Focus on those things that are even unique from you and appreciate them about those other people. You know what? I'm not like that. Isn't it awesome that they have that positive character trait and I am completely and totally different? What a wonderful thing. If your overwhelming sentiment or initial gut feeling of those close to you is not thanks and gratitude, there needs to be a flip. Okay? There needs to be a switch. We are faulted and flawed people, okay? 
We are sinners. We are people, hopefully, that are being redeemed and renewed by God. Hopefully, by the grace of God, we are changing and growing, and those rough edges are being smoothed away. Hopefully, God. But my goodness, if every negative thing, every negative thing that is going on in those people around us, just like if we initially look at somebody and, look, and just have this negative feeling inside of us, something has got to flip. Something has, has to flip. I am so thankful. And, and I want you to grasp this and think about this. I am so thankful, and I believe this with all my heart, that when God thinks about me, that he thinks positive things. I mean, I got some issues, okay? Like, he should be looking down and saying, look at this little twerp. What are you doing telling stories about his sweet wife? What is he, you know, what is this guy doing? What a knucklehead sometimes, right? Thank God that I believe with all my heart that when God thinks of me, he thinks good things. That he thinks loving things. That he thinks redeeming things. He wants good for me. We desperately need to be people that we think positive about those around us. That that needs to be the overwhelming sentiment beyond those other things. Even in those moments of disappointment and anger, and those are many times justified, we have to go back to giving thanks. Give thanks for your spouse. Give thanks for your kids. Give thanks for your church. Give thanks for these things around you. Give thanks for your country. Give thanks for the opportunities that you have. Give thanks for your job. Give thanks for your boss. Give thanks for the challenges that you face and you get to face and you get to overcome and you get to struggle through. Give thanks for those things. If you live your life in negativity and like just down and defeated about everything that comes your way, you're going to inevitably have a negative life. Something has to flip. Something has to change. And God is giving us this, this incredibly challenging, incredibly broad teaching. In everything, give thanks. And that's what the scripture tells us. And then you will know God's will. You will know what God wants for you in your life. These relationships are fragile. It's challenging. It can go south fast. Our words are the core of it. It's where it begins. In your words, there is power for life and power for death. Give a blessing and give a gift to those around you and speak words of encouragement and life and positivity and if you like even just go overboard in that extreme go overboard in positive words and avoid these toxic things they'll just ruin your relationships 
Let's pray. God, sometimes we need to restart. We need to flip things around. We need to start over. God, it's my prayer for us that we would be mindful about the words that we say, how we speak, what we do. God, that we'd be aware that sometimes our words are like just poison. God, fill us up with something different. May we be a place where encouragement, praise, prayer, forgiveness comes out of our mouths. you to just take a moment to pause in the prayer. And you know, little little side note, little side test is, you know, if you don't feel like you can pray something and feel right about it, then maybe you shouldn't say it. How we speak in our prayers and how we think about The words that we choose when we pray is how we should think about the words that we choose when we speak. We're just talking with our Heavenly Father. And so, if you can't pray it, don't say it. Right now, be filled up with Words that bring life. Speak to God honestly and openly about the areas where you struggle. And ask God for help. 